0: hi good morning and welcome everyone this is seek sustainable japan and a sub series we try to do at least once a month uh called sustainable short takes i'm jj walsh in hiroshima and
1: hi i'm tova kinooka here in yokohama just outside tokyo
0: and we are both sustainability focused consultants and advisors so uh we are very excited about all the innovation and sustainable businesses and events and everything that we introduce in this show. And we had some very interesting, exciting results uh, recently, Tova. Tell us about it.
1: So um, I think at one point last year, or yeah, maybe even more sort of further ago than that, um, we were talking about a company in Yokohama called Kita Fuku that makes um, paper using the waste from the craft beer brewing process. Um, And we mentioned them on the show and, uh, you know, I'd come across them while I was reading an article sat in my dentist waiting room in Yokohama, so very random, um, and just thought it sounded really cool. um, Great way to, to, you know, avoid something that can be used going to waste. And it turns out that the the founder um, of this company heard that we'd mentioned it on the show. Um, He then realized he was connected to somebody that I know um, and reached out and asked to to meet up. So I met him actually earlier this week. um, And it was really great to just hear more about his company and the plans and where this came from. Um, So... Uh, Matsuzaka-san, who runs it, he he showed us some samples of the paper itself as well. We've got, um, you know, coasters and things here made from the paper, flyers, um, and it's really nice quality paper as well. So it can be used for multiple different things. But he's also now looking, you know, at how he can expand this this business um, and take this great concept uh, outside Japan as well. And it was interesting to learn from him that um, you know, we asked, like, do you work with the the big brewers like, you know, Asahi and Kirin and, and all these uh, ones where they must surely have a lot, a large volume of this waste. And apparently they already have, um, you know, uses for that. It can go for, for fertilizers and things. And, you know, so that that's already... Um, taken care of it's the small breweries the craft brewers that really struggle because their volume is too small for them to do anything with themselves and they don't have the money to invest into the processes and things like that but they have to pay to get this waste taken away so it costs them money as well um, if they're lucky they're near a farmer or something maybe they can get them to take it but those are the you know few and far between so it was really nice to to hear that The service they're providing of collecting this waste from the small breweries and then using it um, in a a new product is also really helping those small um, companies as well um, to to solve a problem that they had. So uh, lots of wins on lots of levels. So uh, keep going, Kitafuku. Great work.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. And what you what you were saying about the waste stream and having a way that you have to pay to get the waste taken away, and then a new innovation is going to take that waste and reuse it into a new product, that's so many wins on so many levels. Exactly. It also reminds me of the the SAF uh, topic, sustainable aviation fuel. Yes. Uh, which I talked to a guy last month. Um, who was an advisor for one of the Japan-based companies that is taking used cooking oil mm. and repurposing it not only for biodiesel in trucks, which apparently all of Kyoto's garbage trucks are running on biofuel from used oil. That's Wonderful. awesome. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot of farmers who are taking the used oil and feeding it to chickens mm-hmm. on their farm. Um, But what they're doing, a few of the companies and JAL and A&E have targets to use this biofuel, Mm -hmm. uh, 10% of all their air fuel by 2030. So this is creating a lot of demand for used cooking oil. And one of the hurdles now is that there's too much demand. So (laughs) isn't this a great way for uh, businesses, small businesses like eateries and restaurants, which have this waste, now is becoming something they can get a little bit of extra income from. And it's not only the eateries. Now we're starting to see certain areas of Tokyo, for example. The neighborhoods can get a bit of money if everybody in the neighborhood puts out their used cooking oil. Yeah, so it's really changing the whole infrastructure of how we think about waste. Very yes. exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really, yeah, wonderful to see these kind of innovations happen. And I think the more that they happen, the more that um, they also feed on each other, right? So you know, you start seeing one example like the the um, one you just mentioned with the fuel and then all of a sudden you you can start to think this way and go okay well what other options are out there what other products are we just throwing away that have potential use here Um, and can start solving multiple problems there and providing different benefits so yeah it's really good and it
0: it has great connections to japanese history and culture right Mm -hmm. like you you tap into that whole idea of motai nai right Um, As B. Brown wrote that great book about the Edo-jidai, how everything was reused. There was no waste in the Mm -hmm. Edo era. Um, So bringing back these principles, which are so relevant now, not only for uh, environmental sustainability, but for supporting the economics of it. Your your waste can be reused. You get a little bit of extra money that helps Mm -hmm. support you as well, right?
1: Exactly. So it's hitting all of the points, right? The social, environmental, and the economic. Um, benefits there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, A little bit uh, of a switch here, but I wanted to give a shout out to uh, the good people at Local, who are starting a new organic online delivery service. Um, So I'll share the newsletter link below if you sign up. Uh, They're going to launch it on the 28th of this month in the Tokyo area. So you can get home delivery of organic and vegan groceries that um you can get delivered to your door so it's a great new service and uh we want to support these amazing sustainability focused entrepreneurs very much so very much so yeah um now tova we've got so many topics uh do you do you want to give us a little update on the rei gala
1: Yes. So um, REI is Refugee Empowerment International, for those of you who don't know it. And um, next month, we've got the gala on the, the 10th of March. So for several years due to COVID, we weren't able to hold this, um, which left a big hole in the fundraising for REI for, for the project. So uh, it's really great that last year we were able to do it. This year it's going to be even bigger and better. Um, it's at the Conrad Hotel in Tokyo, which is uh, another topic I'll talk about in a moment as well um but the gala itself will be an amazing evening we've got live music um incredible prizes there's going to be an auction and raffle um there's art um for sale there's um you know, going to be wonderful food and things, also wonderful networking opportunity. I think, you know, people have been missing that <laughs> the last few years. So it's a great opportunity. If you think I want to go with a bunch of my colleagues or bring my clients, if I want to impress them, um, you know, go and have a look at the, the links there, um, go and see that and come and join us, because it's going to be an amazing evening. And you'll be supporting awesome. REI's projects which uh, help refugees rebuild their future and uh, make themselves sustainable so they're not having to rely on handouts anymore. So important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you
0: want to talk about travel with purpose?
1: Right. So speaking of the the Conrad Hotel, um, we were very fortunate to be asked to um, design and facilitate their 2023 strategy kickoff uh, last month. And one of the big focuses was looking at this travel with purpose sustainability framework that the whole Hilton group globally um, is uh, working on. Um, And it was great. it's um, it covers so many different elements. So if you go and have a look at um, the link there or look at you know Hilton website Sustainability, you'll see it there. So it's got a lot of um, information on the environmental. Um, measures that they're taking looking at how as a hotel they can reduce their water usage they can reduce their energy um, waste food waste and things like that is a massive one obviously for hotels so they're looking at what they're doing there, And they've got some really innovative systems like an AI um, system that they've installed in some of their hotels where they're able to really accurately measure their waste and incentivize um, the the staff the the Um, chefs to really think about how they can reduce that. Um, There are a lot of uh, initiatives as well around um, mental health, well-being, um, diversity and inclusion. So it's a really robust framework Um, and it was wonderful. We got together with 40, around 40 managers from different parts of the hotels So not just the sustainability team but all of the managers representing food and beverage housekeeping front of house um, all the different parts the behind the scenes parts as well that you don't really think about maybe in a hotel but they've all got something that they can contribute on this they're all working together towards this and it was really great to to get them all together in the room and, and look at okay what what can each different department do and how can they collaborate with each other to support um, you know, the other departments, um, so that everybody's pulling together to to achieve these goals. So it was a really sort of inspiring and invigorating day. I'm really impressed with what the whole Hilton group is doing and the Conrad in particular. So uh, another good reason to go to the gala and experience it.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> um, and of course, this month, this week, uh, we had a big event and then next month as well, we have White Day. So we've got two <laughs> months in a row talking about chocolate. And I was really excited to see Tony's chocolate uh, in Japan now. And their motto is crazy about chocolate, serious about people. Mm, And they have a great uh, sustainability focus on making sure um, that chocolate is made as fair as possible. Really fair trade certified, but also uh, targets to end slavery. And if you go to their website, um, you can see a video narrated by amazing actors in the UK as Ooh. well. They're really—they've got a great fan following. <laughs> uh, very clear about how they want to end slavery, what they're doing to make that happen, mm-hmm. and uh, just as well, we're we're far away from. Um, the time when
1: plantations that's you, unfair. Kids compromise on taste, like
0: right?
1: yes, mm, absolutely.
0: That you have this amazing product, this fantastic chocolate, mm. but they're also very sustainability focused. And I, I think back when fair trade started, it had kind of a negative image. You had to mm. compromise on taste or flavor, but that is certainly not the case uh, for that. the fair trade that you can get now. Uh another great example is People Tree?
1: Yes, which is, yeah.
0: Which is very easy to get in Japan. Uh the Tony's I found at the Aeon mall and uh, I was very excited to see it there. It's an import, but Planet uh People Tree is a uh, Tokyo uh Tokyo based company, I believe. Mm-hmm. Tokyo and London. So it's a bit easier to find in Japan and also very connected to the growers of the cocoa but also all the different ingredients in chocolate um
1: mm-hmm. you had another example yeah so uh, a local example from yokohama which is the um choco labo and so i've got got some of their chocolate here a single origin one you can see it, it's it's Bean to bar as well, so they're really um, careful about where their their chocolate is sourced from, where the raw ingredients come from. But it's also a social business. So the guy who started this, I think I mentioned maybe a year or so ago, um, ito San. so he started this company. he was in banking finance before, um, but uh, his son, who is um, disabled, was not able to find employment and he was really, you know, felt very bad about this and, you know, realized that his son had a lot of value to give as do so many disabled people, but, you know, there was no opportunity, no company would consider employing him. So Ito-san started his own company, Chocolabo, and everybody who works there um, would probably not be looked at by many companies, but they're doing an amazing job producing a wonderful product. They're designing all of the, um, you know, the, the, packaging and stuff themselves as well um so it gives meaningful employment to people it's a local business and it's you know it's sustainable in the way that the chocolate is sourced and where it comes from as well so lots of good reasons to to go and, and try it out if you're in yokohama they've got a shop in the landmark tower um and uh, you can also find it online as well yeah
0: and i'm i shared the website we'll have all the links below and this is the people tree website you've probably seen this in your in your shops and it's so nice that it's a japan based company yes. but mm-hmm. they also have vegan chocolate as well which is fantastic and uh, really committed to fair trade uh, yeah. another local company in hiroshima is called ushio ushio chocolate and they i've been impressed by for many years Uh, They have a great uh, concept of buying directly from the growers, not only for the cocoa, the cacao, but also for nuts. And they support uh, women, local women designers. They support a lot of women in their business. A very exciting, young, innovative company as well.
1: That's amazing. I haven't had the opportunity to try their chocolate yet, but um, it I love the, the concept. And like you say, that it's not just one thing they're focusing on that. The fact that they're supporting women as well and the nut growers as well as the cacao farmers is is good to see that they're really thinking more broadly. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, should we move to another topic? We could talk about chocolate all
1: day. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, what's, what's next on our list anything comes up
1: so um How
0: about the BCCJ
1: yeah uh, so um as we know i mean mental health is is obviously an important topic um for anyone anywhere um and well-being and so on and it's something that a lot of people have uh, struggle with particularly through um covid and uh, the bccj yesterday actually ran a webinar um at lunchtime on the topic of healing work hurt and i really wasn't sure what that meant um when i got on the um the call but it was really interesting so that they had two highly qualified um, professionals, both um, women working in Japan, both from the U.S. originally, but but working here. So Dr. Ashley, um, Gary Roper, or known as Dr. Ashley Dash, um, and Kina Jackson as well, who's based in Osaka. And they were talking about um, sort of different situations that can cause emotional trauma, at work, um, and, and stress, and how that sort of stress over time can manifest also in um, physical uh, challenges. And they had a lot of um, great examples of how to, to deal with these kind of things as well. It was very practical. Um, so I think I asked a question about okay, as as a leader, if you're seeing um, that people in your your team are struggling, or you know, how should you even recognise when somebody is struggling if they're good at hiding it? Which many people. Blah. Um, and so things like uh watching out for trigger events, like if somebody's not got the promotion they were wanting or didn't get a, a project or there's been something happening in the media, some big event that might not be directly related, but might cause people um, anxiety or stress. So just checking in with people um, after events like that on actually how you're doing. Um, There was a great one on imposter syndrome, which we always hear a lot about and people sort of feeling that, you know, they're not good enough and and getting concerned about, um, you know, should I really be here? And uh, I think Dr. Ashley Dash said she has a a kind of a brag book um, of her own achievements that she keeps. So whenever she's feeling kind of Uh, nervous and and underqualified she looks at that she's like no look at all the things you've done look at all the qualifications you have you deserve to be here and just um, keeping track of things like that for yourself doesn't need to be shared with anyone else so there were some really great points um, and uh, I I think it was really interesting to, to kind of look under the lid a bit of this topic um, and here's some real examples. And, and they both work directly with individuals and corporations on this as well. So uh, well worth looking at their their websites. I think the content of the actual webinar um, won't be shared. It was kind of a closed one um, to keep it confidential. But um, the uh, links to their websites or you can look them up on, on LinkedIn or Google. Um, very interesting people and I think have a lot to, to offer corporates and individuals, too.
0: And often from uh, people we don't hear from in, in these kinds of forums. Yes. Um, we, we know that a lot of discrimination happens in the yeah. workplace uh, when leadership is all one kind of person and yes. they try to choose people that look and think like them. Yeah. Um, so to hear from more diverse voices and diverse yeah. points of view is really important. It and good, uh, yeah. it sounds like they've got some great... Uh, strategies for how to deal with it for anyone who's, who's feeling that kind of stress or feeling that they're not seen for who they
1: are. Exactly, exactly. So I think, you know, they they both bring so many aspects of diversity, like the racial diversity, the fact, you know, the gender, the fact that they're non-Japanese working here. There were so many, um, you know, really tangible, real examples that they could talk about. Um, And, You know, it was helpful, I think, for whether you're sort of one of identify with one of those um, aspects yourself or whether you're perhaps, you know, an employer or a team leader and you have diverse people in your group to understand, you know, what those experiences are like for them and to to think about, you know, maybe the (laughs) well-intentioned actions or comments, you know, you're you're taking and how those might be impacting others. So, uh, yeah, really helpful to hear their perspectives.
0: Fantastic! Um, yeah, I want to hear more about that. Another, maybe follow their their website and uh, yes, and further yeah. links, maybe mm-hmm. podcasts or other talks. Really we'll we'll try I to did. share links below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, switching gears a little bit. So this is the second year that I've been part of the Japan Travel Awards. Mm. And uh, they're just coming up for the announcement on the 21st to next Tuesday of this year, which would be the 2022 entries uh, for who's going to win for the awards in terms of diversity, inclusion, sustainability, and great uh, appeal for destinations mm-hmm. for businesses in terms of who can appeal to the inbound market, mm. and this year is is it's nice because we feel like tourism is coming back. Yes, you know, like definitely. we can actually see the borders are open, people are coming back, yeah. and I've I've been interviewed a couple times in the last few months, and one of the things that I keep saying is, man, we're starting to see positive change for sustainability mm-hmm. because. The inbound market is asking for it. Yes. And one of yeah. one of the most powerful things you can do if you want to travel more sustainably is ask for things. If, mm-hmm. Is it possible to have this without plastic? Is it possible to book my room but not have any plastic amenities in it uh, when you're doing the booking? Uh, mm-hmm. Is is this thing at the restaurant? Uh, do you have vegan vegetarian options? Like even if you eat meat yeah. or fish, just asking these yeah. things can have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And this year, as a judge, seeing all the entries and all the the different kinds of products and services available, mm-hmm. it's really encouraging. But there's still a long way for Japan to go.
1: Right? Have In you seen much of, of a, a change over the the time
0: that you've been doing this? Yeah. I mean, it's it's only in its second year, so we right. do have some okay. great examples. Um, mm-hmm. But I really hope that next year, when we're doing Japan Travel Awards, we're starting mm-hmm. to see that the even the the most basic, the most fundamental concepts are are understood and embraced, right? As mm-hmm. a way to elevate your brand, mm-hmm. whereas at the moment. I, I do a lot of sustainable travel consulting, inbound travel consulting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm often refused jobs because I'm vegan vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So they're not even willing to try it for yeah. the model tour. So if they're not mm-hmm. even preparing for that level, how yeah. are they going to mm-hmm. appeal to the sustainable tourist who yeah. is very likely to ask for vegan mm-hmm. vegetarian at a really basic level, right? Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of room to improve. But now that borders are open, I think we're seeing more momentum, uh, yeah. faster changes. Mm. So it, it is encouraging. And there are some great people who are going to win awards this year, you know, and really? that, that spurs mm. on uh, further development and further
1: motivation yeah. as well. Exactly. So I wonder if a lot of it, I mean, demand is a big part of it as it is with any sort of um, service or product, right? But I think also having those examples out there is so important i know whenever we go to to do consulting work with clients and and we're talking about sustainability transformation and and changing the the way that they're doing business there's always the question of you know well, well what are others in our industry doing you know what what's the case study here what's the example always want to see that so i think there are so many unknowns and and in a way this is um you know there are a lot of new things that people don't yet understand well. Um, And so having those examples is so, so important. And I think the more that those are highlighted and shared um, as broadly as possible, the more momentum we'll see building up behind this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is where uh, your example, like at the Hilton, or Mm. examples uh, that we see with other international hotels, other international businesses coming in, Mm-hmm. They're helping elevate the level yeah. because exactly what you were talking about, Tova, with benchmarking. Yes. The yeah. the Japanese business can look mm-hmm. at the international business operating in Japan very yeah. successfully and say, hmm, yeah. maybe we can also be successful with that strategy, right? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, of course, we have to recognize that the other way as well. There's a lot that uh, particularly when it comes to sort of the the people aspect and social and community involvement that Japanese companies perhaps do a lot better than some of their uh, non-Japanese counterparts. So there's so many learnings to be had both ways. um, And I think we really need to to share more of these examples to, to get them out there. Absolutely.
0: Uh, One of my most popular short videos recently, uh, I was staying at a Japanese onsen hotel, and I was pointing out all the ways that they were really showing how they were more sustainable, how they're reducing Mm -hmm. waste, the reusable robes for the room that you wear around the hotel, for example. Mm-hmm. beautiful you're pre- you're preserving traditional culture but mm-hmm. also you're reducing a lot of waste and you're elevating the guest experience right yes and they they yeah. had a range of sizes too which i was happy to mm-hmm. see not not too small for me which is a nice <laughs> bonus <laughs> yes. always something to consider in. yes absolutely yeah. um mm-hmm. should it, should we talk about books you had an interesting
1: book to introduce yeah. So the book um, I wanted to mention today was this one, Not Invented Here, um, which is something I, I picked up um, when I was traveling in in the winter. Um, and I, I'd heard about it and thought, uh, you know, not kind of curious about this because cross industry innovation is something that... Um, nest doesn't happen very naturally i don't think um industries tend to sort of stay quite focused on their own area um but it's so many interesting examples in the book of how looking at what um, one industry is doing whether that's um you know manufacturing industry in okay so maybe it's in uh, making machinery for um factories or something like this and looking at how they're looking at process efficiencies and then thinking, okay, well, we're a completely different kind of business, but how can we learn from the mindset that they're, you know, that, that's behind this, that's driving this, and apply that thinking into our own, um, you know, products or services that, that we're working on to to do much better. So um, some of them relate to sustainability. Some are more about, uh, you know, the, the product or the service itself. But it, it was just a really interesting read, and I've been kind of dipping in and out um, of it. And I think uh, it's something that will bring in the, that kind of thinking a lot into our um, clients' We we have done some events. I think that the the one we did last May actually, where we got you know people from many different organisations together for that Women to Inspire Sustainable Japan Day, um, you know, where we were getting so many different perspectives on sustainability issues, was really really enlightening for a lot of people who just sort of stay in their own bubble it was like oh my gosh you know that that's a challenge for you guys that's interesting and here's what we're doing with that and then looking at how those learnings can be transferred so uh, yeah a- an interesting read i think and a great concept to dig into That's fantastic and so important. Um, That's
0: that's really behind why I wanted to continue Seek Sustainable Japan talk show Mm -hmm. because I talk to so many diverse people from all different uh, fields of work, all different passions, from artists to educators to researchers to activists. And we have so much to learn from each other, right? Yeah.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah,
0: awesome. Um, my book is a little bit of a different theme. I am in, still in the mode where I'm cold, I'm seeking out comfort food, and I am such a big fan of Gaz Oakley. He is a UK-based uh, vegan chef, and he is so fun to watch. You've probably seen him on YouTube, on social media, um, and he, he now has his own cookbook, Plants-Based Kitchen, Plants-Only Kitchen. <laughs> And uh, this is my birthday gift to myself. I'm a spring <laughs> birthday girl. And, uh, you know, so you have a few recipes that you always make that, that you like. It's your staple. Yep. But it's, it's nice to have a bunch of different varieties of foods which are vegan, which are plant-based, but they're so satisfying and they're so tasty as yep. well. I think as and especially coming from a, a young innovative chef it's it's so nice yeah to have well, that, that sounds yeah.
1: good I'll have to look out for that
0: yeah so we're almost at 30 minutes is there any anything else that you wanted to mention before we sign off
1: um i guess just looking ahead to next month will be uh, international women's day so it'd be great to sort of dig into that topic and uh, there's lots going on so if you haven't already got anything on for the 8th of march or that week Um, Do do a quick Google search because there are definitely events happening. I know the BCCJ is doing stuff. Um, I'm sure other uh, networks will maybe organizations can get involved if your company's not doing anything. Think about what you could do um, to, to raise awareness and support women in the world.
0: and don't forget to pick up chocolate for the women in your life yes absolutely Uh, this is is a wonderful second valentine's day in japanese culture that's true we have white day and it doesn't have to be white chocolate but any kind of chocolate is always welcome by the women in your life
1: oh definitely (laughs) yep
0: (laughs) or buy it for yourself You know, just (laughs) not waiting. (laughs) So that's our 30 minutes. Thanks everyone for joining. Thank you again so much, Tova. So many great insights. And uh, we'll try to do it again next month.
1: Brilliant. Nice talking to you. All
0: right. Take care, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.